I just want to turn your attention to a passage that we looked at recently and, and apply it in a very practical way today. Um, oh, fifth and sixth graders, you are dismissed. Sorry, I didn't do that earlier. I just want to apply this passage in a very practical way. It's, it's Revelation 12, 10, and 11. It says this. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. We talked about this as, as the team prepared to go to Mexico. And, and one of the things we did each night was talk with one another about what God was doing in our lives, how we saw God work that day, um, how, how we saw each other serve. And the reason we did that is because along with the blood of Christ, Satan is defeated by the word of our testimony. When people hear what God has done in our own lives, it shows them what the blood of Christ has done. And so that's what we're going to do today. And I hope that you are encouraged and challenged by what we share. And so I just want to invite Courtney to come and start things off and and just share your heart with us. Hi, guys. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Courtney. And I just recently went on the missions trip that we're all here talking about today. (laughs) And... Not only was this my first uh, trip to Dora Faith, but it was my first missions trip ever. I've never been. And I've been reluctant to go in the past. I know they've gone quite a few times, but um, I was really reluctant because, first, my parents didn't really think Mexico was a safe place to go. And I had never been out of the country before. And frankly, the idea of sleeping with tarantulas and scorpions was not my cup of tea. So, but I saw people come back from these trips, and they were just changed, like everything about them. And it was just so interesting to watch because people left and everything was normal and they'd come back and they just had this fire for God and this unity with this group. And so I was really interested talking to all the people that came back and some people close to me went and came back and it was just so interesting to watch. And so I was like, well, maybe I should think about going. And so I thought about it and then Matt said that they were going to go again. And then I really prayed about it uh, a lot and my parents prayed about it and we all really gave it a lot of thought and my parents felt like it was going to be safe and So that was new, and we felt like God was really telling me I should go. So I signed up, and that was a big deal. And I never do stuff like that, so that was interesting. (laughs) And then, um, so as the trip approached, I got really nervous, but I still decided I was going to go. And then uh, the first day we left, we drove for three days. So it took three days to get there to Mexico. And I was nervous because my parents weren't there, and I was going to be alone. And I felt alone, but... Then once after the three days were up, I wasn't alone anymore. I had gained an amazing giant family. And (laughs) all of these people that went on the trip, they just took me in. And I had felt community like I had never felt before. And I know families like the McDonald's, the Creases, and the O'Neill's, and so many more adults just took me in. And um, all the adults became my parents, and the kids became my siblings. And so that was amazing. And so going into Dora Faith, um, the orphanage, with that mindset of unity was just amazing. And so I got to see that. And then once we got there, we began to serve. And I went in thinking that we were going to be the ones helping the kids, but um, they helped me more than I could ever help them. 
um, their openness and ability to love challenged me in my faith so much. And I was challenged to adopt those attributes in my own Christian walk. And then I had never seen such an example of God's love, except for in those children. You could just tell that they had it in their life. And it was so amazing. And so I definitely left changed. And not only did I witness the vast nature of God's love, but I also saw how God provided for me in a position where I was out of my comfort zone. And then going into senior year, I have a lot of big decisions to make. And so after this trip, I know that for certain, no matter how scary things can be, I have a family in Christ that's just going to be there for me. And then I know God will provide for me in those scary times. So thank you. Hello, my name's Caleb. I forgot that first service and Matt had to tell me. Um, so I went to Mexico and it was really amazing. I got to see the body of Christ work together and that was really cool. And I got to, um, see the Holy Spirit work not only in my life, but in a lot of other people's lives. And it was just really cool. I got to see some really cool stuff from fellow youth people. Um, like Josh was getting his head dumped in water and Dylan was getting his hair done and all kinds of stuff and um, the kids were really I guess picking on them and they were just okay with it and fought through it and loved on the kids anyways and that was really cool to see but that's not something I only want to see in Mexico that's not only for Mexico that's for here too we have the same um, we can share with kids and with adults and there's not only needs in Mexico or overseas, there's needs here in Spokane. Lots and lots of needs. I was talking to a guy just the other day um, who thought that he was trash and wasn't worth anything and um, didn't really have a reason to be living at all. And those people need to see Christ's love. So, yeah, when we follow Jesus, God we get to see God working and doing amazing stuff in people's lives, and he impacts people through us. So that's really cool. I'm done. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Gabby. For those who don't know me, I'm 17. I'll be senior this year. Um, this time in Mexico, this is my second time going with the uh, NCF. Um each time, God keeps teaching me so much and spoke to me throughout the trip. And he teaches me things through the people that we met down there and the relationships that we built with the people at the Zora Faith Orphanage and the people in Tijuana as well. Um, the most important thing I feel that I learned is that we are all called to do his work. It's our job. We are ambassadors. We are all used by God to show his grace, his mercies, his compassion, and his love and his glory. And it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from or um, what you've been through. The call is the same and for the same purpose, and it doesn't differ between people. My favorite thing that I learned is that there's so many different ways to serve. There's not just one different way you can serve or worship. You can use everything that God has given you and done in your life to use for his glory. Like some, it's the ability to play guitar or to sing or to cook over 300 chocolate chip pancakes to paint, to uh, braid hair, or just drive all the kids around for days and hours on end to get where we need to go. 
And sometimes it's our testimonies. Uh, no matter how dark they are, our testimonies are the most powerful weapons of light we can use. And God has given us our different lives, our talents, our experiences as tools to use in his calling to serve and go and make disciples. I think the most common thing that is stopping us from doing his work is just excuses. It's for me, at least it is. Excuses and doubts and fears and anxieties are all normal things in life or normal thoughts of our flesh. But what I learned is that no one can tell you that you're not able nor worthy to do God's work because Jesus took away all of our sin and our shame and our failure of our past when he was crucified on the cross. And if you're called, you have nothing to worry about. This is what I learned. You're not alone. God is always with you. And he put people on the earth for you as your family to take care of you. And as family, we go and we serve and we go make disciples. We are never intended to go on the journey alone. So my number one takeaway from this trip is just to go and take that opportunity and take the challenge because life without challenge is really boring. We are called to get out of our comfort zone and into the world where the need is. And my encouragement for all of you is just to go and do that. And it doesn't have to be far. It can be right here in our own community and in our church. And from being on the trip twice and seeing the power of, like, real relationships and how much lives can change through serving others, that is my encouragement, and that's the best advice I can give to somebody. So thank you. Hello. My name is Dylan. Uh, I'm also a senior this year. Um, this was my first missions trip that I've went on. Um, leading up to this missions trip, I was very anxious and nervous because I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I didn't know where we were going even. So, like, people would ask me, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I was just, I was just going to be a part of the missions trip. And, uh, I, I am really glad I went, to be honest. Um, so we went with a group from Fourth Memorial, right? So two different churches, um, it was really cool to see, though, because, like, once we got there, after the three days of driving, um, you couldn't really tell that there's two different churches going because we, we, the unity that we created on that car trip, really, it was like one body of Christ coming together to share his love. So it wasn't like Fourth and New Creation going to Mexico. It was like a group of Christians, like just one group of Christ. And it was really cool. Um, another thing, we went to a canyon one day, and more, specific, more specifically, we went to the breakfast club. And so what we did there was we pre- prepared um, breakfast for some of the locals there who needed food. And that kind of just opened my eyes to see, like, what service really is. Not like what it is. I mean, I know what service is, but, like, a deeper meaning of it, like, it's everywhere, Right? So after that, we went back to the orphanage, and we were just playing with the kids. So originally, I thought I was just having fun playing with the kids. But after going to the breakfast club and going to go play with the kids, I realized I was doing a lot more than just playing with those kids. I was serving God by showing them the love of God. Um, so one of my last points is uh, on Sundays, we went to church. It was a lot different because... Um, they spoke Spanish. I, I, I can't understand a lick of Spanish at all. Uh, it was difficult. It was kind of interesting, though. Um, they had a translator, so like every other few sentences, you like, could get an idea of what they're saying. 
But for the most part, I was really lost because, like, I couldn't, like, contain that much information and, like, wait for the next part. It was really weird. Anyways, so <laughs> after the service, we uh, worshipped. And it was really interesting and eye-opening for me because here we are, not knowing this church at all, any of these people, but we're there able to worship the same God even though we're, like, speaking two different languages. And it was super impactful to see that. And then um, at the end of the trip, I noticed that the people who went there, we aren't just like, hey, I know you, we're friends. We're like one big family. And straight out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and uh, um, one of the last nights we were there, um, we invited the orphans up to our like campsite to roast marshmallows and the same thing happened as at church we were singing songs and I just like looked around and it was like all of us plus some of the orphans we were singing the same song but in different languages and it was just even more eye-opening just that much greater and I was like I came home like on the trip home I was like pumped I was like excited I'm like let's go spread some Jesus right I get home and I just get hit with this wall of distraction, right? I got my Xbox, my phone, my TVs, all my friends, and so I just encourage, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, while we were there, we had each other. So, like, once I got home, I was by myself. So that's why I'm like saying, one big family, we're out of out of our comfort zone. So stick with each other. That's where it's at. Because when I'm not alone, I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to dance for you like Dylan did. I'm sorry. Nope, nope. Uh, good morning. My name is Bat Dad, or Wanye, or just regular Wayne will work, any of those. Um, I realized after sharing last service, there's so many memories and so many things that God kind of spoke to me about that Matt only gave me three minutes. So you just get the highlights. Just know that there's there's so much more. Um, so one of the nights that we were there, uh, DJ's the owner, or the or owner, I guess, the, the guy who runs the orphanage there, and he came up and he spoke to us um, around our campfire. And one of the things he said stuck out to me. He said that service changes you. And... I didn't really understand what it meant at the time, and it, it's, it's only kind of looking back over the trip that I'm kind of maybe sort of starting to figure it out. Um, now, in Mexico, we had the opportunity to serve in a lot of different ways. Um, we did a lot of serving of our own team, um, just caring for them. Um, we would draw names, and different people were in charge of um, preparing and cleaning up the meals. Um, but then, you know, we started seeing other people that weren't expected to help with the meals, they would just jump up and they would start helping. And I thought, boy, I sure wish my kids would do this at home. Um, and then, you know, at some points, the um, after dinner, they, they, some of the youth would come around and they would pick up my plate and they would put it in the trash for me. And you know, we were just serving each other in this in this community. Kind of, uh, it felt like once we got started in in serving, that it kind of became a habit or you know, it's just what we're there to do. Um, chores that at home may have been like, oh, I have to take the trash out or whatever became, yeah, sure, I'll take the trash out. This is great. 
um, just totally different. And, you know, when our leaders would ask for volunteers to do something, they wouldn't even tell them what, like 10 hands would go up. Yeah, sure, I'll go help. And it's just really cool to see um, that habit of serving and the mentality change that when we were there. Um, so, you know, looking back, it's easy to see that this habit of serving kind of changed our group from this selfish, self-centered people that we tend to be into selfless people that were thinking of others within our community. Um, so one of my big challenges coming back from the trip is that, you know, God is trying to show me or get me to figure out how to bring this habit of serving home. Um, and, you know, there's some easy answers. I can wake up early and I can make my wife breakfast in the morning. I can serve her that way. I can serve my kids by driving them to their dance classes and football and their friends' houses, being the chauffeur that I'm sure some of you are familiar with. Um, I can serve on the worship team. But those are those are easy. For me, those are easy answers. Um, they're inside my comfort zone, inside my bubble. And I think God's really challenged me to be more intentional about my serving and get outside my comfort zone. Um, so there's one... One story from Mexico that really kind of drove this home, and Dylan mentioned it a little bit. One day we went um, to the canyon in uh, Tijuana. And the canyon is, if you don't know, is, it used to be a dump. And the government came in and put a thin layer of dirt on top of the trash and said, sure, you folks can live here. Um, and it's, it's, it's rough. It's not, <laughs> it's not anything that we would probably choose to live in, and there's some pictures in the slideshow. You can kind of get a, get a feel for what they, what these people live, how they live. Um, so we went there, and there's like 3,000 people that live in this area. Um, and we we had a few buckets we got from Home Depot, and we filled it with rice and flour, and I don't even know what else was in there, just some basic needs for these people. And we ran, went around and distributing those and praying for them. Um, and then at one point during our trip through the canyon, there was a woman on the side of the road that asked me, part of it was in Spanish, and I finally figured out what she was saying. She said, do you have any shampoo? And I said, honestly, I didn't know what we had in her bucket. And I said, um, I don't know. And I kind of walked off. And you know, I thought later, you know, 30 seconds later, I thought, really? There's a store across the street from where she was standing. I probably could have gone in there and bought her shampoo for 50 cents or something. Um, and then as I thought about it later, I realized, you know, there are 3,000 people in this area. They probably all need shampoo. And so then I wanted to go buy 55-gallon drums of shampoo and just give shampoo to everybody. Um, but I'm not sure that's real practical either. Um, so I realized as I get back that there are people right here in Spokane that they need shampoo. And maybe it's not exactly shampoo, but they need something. There are needs in Spokane um, in my own community. So you know, I'm still praying about what this looks like. Um, but I want to continue this habit of serving in our own local community here. Um, the last big takeaway I, I had from the trip was just the sense of community that we developed on the trip, and the other kids have already kind of shared a little bit about this, but um, I'm kind of a classic introvert. Um, I don't necessarily like people. I don't. <laughs> I can take them or leave them sometimes. Um, you know, my job, I sit at a computer all day and don't have to talk to people. It's great. Um, but living and working side by side with this group for 13 days, um, we created this sense of community that I had never really experienced before. Um, now, I admit, I did steal away and I took a few naps here and there because, you know, there's not a lot of sleeping some days. Um, so I did get some alone time that way. But I don't remember thinking, wow, I really just, I, too many people, I got to get away. I don't remember having those thoughts. Um, and so, it, but it wasn't until I got home that I really realized that I missed being in that community. 
Um, and Matt gave it a name. He called it constant community withdrawal. Um, so yes, I'm Wayne. I have, I am a constant community addict. Um, and I didn't even know it. So you know, being part of that community that was so selfless and developing this habit of serving, um, created a bond and sense of community I didn't know that I needed. Um, so really this is where the inspiration for the small group I talked about earlier for. So here's my shameless plug. Um, but you know, we're trying to recreate just a little bit of what we experienced in Mexico. Obviously, we're not going to be able to have exactly the same uh, feeling just being with this group of people one hour a week. But um, that's why we want to get together and have a meal together and pray for each other and you know figure out how we can serve uh, our our group and the church and the community. Um, so overall, I am very glad that. I was able to go on this trip with my all my immediate family went. Um, of course, now I have an extended family, um, and so I just appreciate all the support and prayers that made that possible. So thank you. There's a passage in Romans that I refer to a lot when we talk about service and, and what that means. And, and Romans 12.1 says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And in the Greek language, the, the, those last two words, spiritual worship, are, the words translated spiritual worship, that's not the most common use for those words. There's two words that are used for worship in the Greek language, and and one of them appears over and over again in the Bible. The one that's used here is only used five times, and and it means service. And the same word spiritual next to it, that's the same word we get our English word logical from, logikos. And so you could actually read this verse this way. In view of God's mercies, in view of what God has done for us, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. The only thing that makes sense to do is to serve. You could read it that way. You could read, in view of God's mercies, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God. This is your logical service. And we call Sunday morning gatherings, we call it a worship service. Christ came so that we could serve. Christ came to serve and not to be served. And as we were preparing for this trip, I, I wanted this, this theme of service to kind of just echo through the whole trip. So we talked about it every day. And, and one of the passages that we looked at more than once was John 13. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. I'm going to read it to you. John 13, 1 through wherever I choose to stop. That's why I don't put verses on the screen because I don't ever stick to them. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. 
Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know that these things, blessed are you if you do them. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. We are called to be servants. We're not called to just come to church and and not serve. It's called a worship service. And there's tons of opportunity. If you get the emails on Thursday morning and you see blank spaces, you know there's opportunity. It should be hard for the people that schedule to to figure out who's going to serve because there's so many volunteers. That should be the problem that we have. We shouldn't have a problem with finding volunteers. We should be having a problem with which volunteers. We are called to serve. That, that That's what God has intended, is that we serve one another. And one of the things we did each night was sit around the circle and we would highlight how we saw others serve one another. And and that lended to the sense of community that, that we had. And so I would just want to encourage you and challenge you is, is to serve. And it's not, it doesn't necessarily mean t- teaching Sunday school. There's There's a million different ways we could serve. But consider that Jesus, the creator of the world, the savior of the world, came and washed feet to set as an example how we ought to serve. He did the lowest job that a servant would do, and and he did it, the king of the world. So I want to encourage you that way. I hope that you are encouraged by the students and and adults uh, and Wayne who shared and and challenged, hopefully, to to go and, and do the same. And it doesn't have to be in Mexico. It can be right here in Spokane, like Caleb said earlier. There's needs everywhere. There's there's people in the church that need to be served. We can serve one another. So let me just encourage you with that. And I'm going to pray for us. No, Barry's going to come and pray for us. Uh, this time we're going to receive the offering. Um, so if you're a first-time visitor with us, please don't feel any need to give as we give back to the Lord. Uh, let me pray for the offering. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for your many blessings in each and every one of our lives. And Father, we recognize that all we have is yours. And Lord, as we give back, Father, we pray that you'd recognize our giving as an act of worship as we uh, as we do what you've asked us to do. So Lord, take this offering, bless it, and Father, please build your kingdom with it. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>